but even economically i mean there's so much turmoil going on but yet the story of joseph says no 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 but abundance for you means abundance no matter what the political or economic climate is but we have to be in tune with the spirit of god in tune with what he's telling you to do today this should ought, this ought to make some of us wise up and say lord what are you saying to me of how to rule my own house rule my own affairs so that i don't blindly just use all my resources without consideration of the future the story of joseph shows us no no we ought we better wise up because there may come a day where you need yesterday's provision does this make sense to anybody have you ever gotten in a spot where you're like i wish i would have saved more money every anybody listen to the dave ramsey show the podcast I'm the only one. It's a great podcast uh, because he's a, he teaches a program called Financial Peace University. It t talks to people about their money. It's very practical. Well, I love listening to his podcast, but one of the things he asks people who end up becoming millionaires just by very simple plans is he asks them, what would you tell your younger self? All of them say that I wish I would have invested sooner. Every single one of them that I've listened to has said, I wish I would have invested sooner. So all of us can relate to that, that we wish we would have, our younger selves would have been more disciplined with what we have. Well, God in a very real sense is saying, hey, be disciplined with what you have because there is an abundance for you. You shouldn't be just scraping by. You shouldn't be just scraping by. I wanna show you another example. You went there already, but Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Everybody good this morning? Two people said, mm-hmm. Everybody else says, well, I'm still figuring it out. Everybody good this morning? Yes? Okay, good. I'm all, there's not that many of us, so I know whether you're telling me not if you're good or not. Exodus chapter 20. I want to look at verse 33, and as we look at this, um, the context of it is the children of Israel being delivered out of Egypt. So again, we find a story of a people group. We saw Joseph. Now we're seeing the children of Israel. They've become enslaved by Egypt. They're in bondage. In other words, they have to do other people's biddings. They have to obey them. And they were under so much affliction that they cried out to God. God began to move and to act. He sent 10 plagues. Most of you know the story. But God stretched out his hand so strongly to bring them out. But I want you to notice God's full intent wasn't just that they would get out of slavery. But I want you to read with me Exodus chapter 12, verse 33. This is part of the same story, and some of you may not have seen this before. And the Egyptians urged the people that they may send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having kneaded bowls, kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from, listen, they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. They plundered the Egyptians. If you have a Bible, just underline that. They plundered the Egyptians. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides children, a mixed multitude went up with them also, and flocks and herds, listen, and a great deal of livestock. So out from Egypt came not just the people, but they came with the wealth of Egypt. Now you say, why, why are you telling us this? You know, this is just a historical 
context or this is just a historical story this is just history and it's interesting to know but why would you be telling us about the children of israel taking anything out of egypt because the deliverance out of egypt was a type of what salvation looks like for you and me god was painting the picture through his people right here this is what it looks like for me to save you but he specifically included that salvation doesn't just include getting the heck out of egypt being saved from slavery it actually means that i will take care of you and sustain you and you will have everything you need and you will plunder that which used to enslave you and my prayer for us this morning is that you would catch these things because some of them they're spiritual you have to be spiritually minded to discern what the word of god is saying to you so you may say i don't i don't really know what that means ask god show me what it means for me to plunder i have a good friend of ours who lives in california and sometimes she'll just shoot us a text message or or, or, a, or a video or something and all she'll say is plunder she'll just say plunder and i know exactly what she means she doesn't mean like well we're going over to our neighbor's house and we're right in their garage okay she doesn't mean that these are spiritually discerned things there are things that the enemy has locked up that are yours but you're supposed to take them back Proverbs actually says that when you catch a thief, he owes you sevenfold what he stole from you. Well, why would Proverbs have that in there? Except that that's a principle of the word of God. When you catch the enemy has stolen or he's locked something up from you, he, not only, he doesn't just own, own you what he took from you. He owes you sevenfold. So you can go back and tell the Lord, that enemy, the devil, owes me seven times. Seven times what he took. Why? Because I caught him. He took it. I want sevenfold. And that was even a law within, within Israel. If you catch a thief in Israel, they owe you seven times. They don't just give you, if they stole a watch, they don't just give you the watch back. They say, no, no, you owe him seven watches. You, you owe him seven times that watch. So that, that thief knows you better never steal from me again. Does that make sense? So there's something about this where you say, no, abundance means abundance. I'm not just getting you out to save you. I want you to have an abundance. That's why he says he, they plundered the Egyptians. Here's what this meant for the Egyptians at that time. They never rose to power on the world stage again after this day, ever in history. All that you know about the, the power of the Egyptians and what they had done was done previous to this. After this, they were never the same again. Why? Because when God strikes the enemy, that's it. That's it. And God's saying, in fact, there's another scripture that says that he's storing up the wealth of the wicked to give it to the righteous. So don't get in this world system that think that's thinking, oh, it's the 1% or the half percent and they have all the money. No, no, no. If they are doing anything, they're storing it up for us. And so I'm not concerned about what they do with it because I know they're just, you just go ahead on Elon Musk, store it up. Because one day God will shake it out. Why? Because it's scriptural precedent that that's, what, that's the way this thing works. And abundance means abundance. They took all of it. And then if you look in the last verse, verse 38, I specifically want to include this. A mixed multitude went up with them, flocks and herds and a great deal of livestock. So in other words, they had things that were going to provide for them food, things that were going to provide for them milk, you know, goat's milk and all that. Like they went out with this livestock a great deal of it these people literally went from being as poor 
as you could be to being the wealthiest nation on earth. God sent them out with all of it. How do we know how much they had? Because when Solomon went to build the temple, where do you think his gold came from? Where do you think their riches came from? See, the, the, these poor people, literally, it changed their, des their destiny forever. 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 And, and some of us, we have this very capped mentality of what abundance could look in, like in our life. And we've capped our abundance at our salary cap. Here's what we do. We take our household income and we say, okay, God, what are you going to do with that few thousand dollars or whatever it may be? Or we're on a fixed income. What, God, what can you do with my social security check? And we think that, that, that he's got to fit within that box of abundance when God never in scripture says, oh, I'm, uh, I'll make sure that your salary cap, you know, is high enough where you can get by and you can at least buy groceries and you can at least, you know, rent a home. No, no, no. Nowhere in scripture is that. No, no. He says that he would provide an abundance for every good work, that he will do exactly what he did for them, for us. You say, well, what is that going to look like? Well, I don't know what it's going to look like for you. I barely know what it's going to look like for me. But by faith, kind of like children of Israel, by faith, I'll obey. Can you imagine the faith that it took those, the children of Israel to go to their former slave owners and ask for their gold? I mean, there was no guarantee that they weren't going to pull out a knife or a sword and cut them, cut them open right there. But they obeyed God, and because they obeyed God, they stepped out in faith. They got what God said was going to happen, and they plundered the children of Israel. God's going to give us some things where he's like, you need to go do this, and it's going to feel awkward, and it's going to feel weird, and it's going to feel vulnerable, but you're doing it by faith, and you're going to have to trust him to do it. You're going to have to do it. In fact, I see a Matt and Corinne up there. Are you all okay if I share just like that much of your story? <laughs> kind of awkward, because if you said no, then I don't know what I would do, but... No, but they've been working on some projects for quite some time, and they have to present these projects to people who they're either going to take up the project and produce it or not. I'll let them say what the project is later if they want. But they have to, they've been having to present. Well, you know that's vulnerable because they can reject you and say, no, we don't want to. But in the very recent um, last couple weeks or few weeks, they have stepped out of faith. They've been doing these things by faith. They've been they've – been, doing things that are obedient to God and now doors are opening for them and their projects are getting accepted they're getting contracts and these things are getting built up why because they're stepping out of something that would have never crossed my mind to even do but yet it's on their heart and God's giving them favor and who knows what the future of that will be for them and their family except that God's hand and favor is on them and abundance for them is about to look wildly different than it has looked for the last several years in fact, Father, we pray over Matt and Corinne that you would continue to add favor to their life, that you'd continue to open doors that no other person could shut. We pray that you continue to give them wisdom and innovation and ideas that will change a whole industry that they're involved with in Jesus' name. Abundance means abundance. It means over the top. You don't have room enough. There's no way that your mind could have conceived it because you haven't had a model of what it looks like before. Unless you're different than me, 
Most of us did not grow up in the home of, you know, millionaires and billionaires and, and, and what we think of as wealthy. So, so our minds are capped a little bit to our experience. And God uses scripture to help expose you to things that are outside your experience. Do you hear me? He uses scripture to expose you to things that are outside your experience so that you're not limited to your family of origin. If he wanted you to be capped to what your experience is, there would be no need for this book. He would be like, figure it out as you live and day by day, you, as long as you make it to, the, to heaven, you're good. There would be no need for scripture. Ex scripture, though, exposes you to things that are outside of your own natural reach so that you say, God, I want that. And sometimes if you're like me, when I'm unclear of even what that is, I'll say, God, I'm not even sure what it is, but I want it. I want you to show up in my life like you showed up in the children of Israel. I want you to show up in my life like you showed up in Joseph's life. I want that. I don't want to be mediocre. And by the way, if you want mediocre life, this church is going to be very difficult for you. I'm going to tell you because I'm going to continue to preach this kind of stuff of stepping out of the boat of believing God for more, of believing God for his promises and what his word says. So if you're like, I don't really want that. Well, there are probably some other really good churches for you. <laughs> Most people would say, don't tell your people that, but I just did. So there we go. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. God, through Moses, declares something that is one of the most powerful passages within scripture because it's not just spoken words like oh it's not a hope and a wish that this was actually god's desire and intent for the children of israel both galatians and hebrews details that you and i because we are in christ that we are also part of this same blessing that came via abraham abraham is the father of the children of israel and so this scripture right here was spoken over the children of Israel, but there's a scripture that says that if you are in Christ, you are Abraham's seeds, and therefore you're heirs according to the promise. So when you read this scripture, and I read it with you, I don't want you to think, oh, that was for the children of Israel. Scripture has specifically said, this is for you. Now, if God were to repeat it today, it'd probably be modernized a little bit, and it probably wouldn't talk about livestock and things like that, but that was very relevant to these people at this time. So let me just read a few of the scriptures in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. There is a caveat, by the way. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, just like the children of Israel, they went and plundered the Egyptians. They had to obey God to do that. It didn't just happen. It didn't just fly over the walls, you know, fly over the fence, and the gold hit them in the, the face. No, they had to go ask for it. They had to go by faith. To care, observe carefully all his commandments, which I commanded you, that the Lord your God will set you high. Listen, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. He's talking to people who just were freed from slavery. It's stupid. Like this stuff, if you were, if you were, if, if, if I were to say some of these things to you, you would look at me like I lost my mind. And yet God's saying it to a child, a children of Israel who are much less likely to obtain anything like this than you and me. And yet he still said it to them. I will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings 
all of them, not some, all of them, shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Look at, listen to the strength of what God's speaking to them. They'll come and they'll overtake you. In other words, you're not even pursuing all of them. You're not even trying to get all of them. It's like they sneak up on you. I'm okay with that kind of sneaky stuff. Where, you know, today's Halloween. I don't like that kind of sneaky stuff. But I like this, where it's like it comes up behind me and overtakes me. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, in Hagerstown. And blessed shall you be in the country, in Mogginsville, right? No. <laughs> blessed shall you be, shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of, the, of your ground, and the increase of your herds. So he's talking about this, this, that what comes from you, your children, the produce of the ground that you till and that you've been trying to produce crop from, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Listen to all these blessings. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth, listen, this is what abundance looks like. Like, this is crazy. He's, he said all of these blessings, not one or two, because some of us, we could hang with one or two of these. Like, I'm good with you blessing my children. I, I believe you for that. I believe for that you bless my job and you bless. No, no, but he says all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and that they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground. Listen, the Lord will grant, grant you plenty. Everybody say plenty. Sounds like abundance. Sounds like I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. I mean, God could not be more detailed of what this looks like. I will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and the increase of your livestock. Not flatlined, not just hanging out, not just, you know, I've, just, I've had the same amount since, you know, 1995. No, the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord, your, the, the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you. Listen, the Lord himself will open to you his good treasure. The heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. You shall lend, but not borrow. See, some of us, that right there will blow your mind. You want to know a good place to start believing God? Believe God to pay off all your debts. Even the stupid debts that you got yourself into. Right. And by the way, when he gets you out, don't go back. Don't get that 0% credit card for 18 months, you know, so that you can pay it off. No, because if you like me, we all fell for that stupid trap, and it doesn't work because you end up having debt by the time it goes from 0% to 18%, right? 
Don't do that. No, you shall lend and not borrow. 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 That's, that was God's promise. He's like, no, 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 don't borrow. Why? Because the borrower is slave to the lender. He's like, I took you out of slavery. Why would you go back? Why would you go back to something that I took you out of, right? And he's not just talking about money. He's talking about anything. Don't owe anyone anything because as soon as you do, you're slave to them. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. He knew if you start to borrow from other nations, you'll become slave to them. And if you become slave to them, you'll serve their gods. You'll stop serving me. You have to serve whatever they want you to serve so that you can pay off your debt. And by the way, you probably never will. So God says, no, 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 don't go into debt. You said, well, that's different. I mean, nowadays, you know, Bank of America is not Egypt. I mean, have you tried to call customer service at Bank of America? No, 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 we need, this is what abundant, this is what he says, all of these blessings shall come and overtake you. What would it look like for your family tree? For you to have all debts, including your house, paid off. Some of you, you're already in that place, and God bless you. Thank you. I'm glad. What would it look like for you to have more than enough? What would that look like so that today, when we talk about having soap, you're not thinking, oh, can I pay the mortgage and buy some soap for Operation Christmas Child? You're thinking, oh, I have plenty because I don't owe anybody anything. And by the way, when you don't owe anybody anything, you're very flexible and nimble in life. God tells you to get somewhere and go somewhere and obey him to do something for him. You don't have to consider, well, you know, we have these bills coming in and, you know, we got this, you know, we got this big mortgage payment. And, and by the way, it's hard to get out of mortgages. You notice that like you have to sell your house and then like they have to accept it. I mean, you're talking a good 90 plus days probably when it's all said and done in a normal market just to get out and go somewhere. And yet, God's like, no, 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 don't be a slave to that. Don't be a slave to that. It's time to believe God for what abundance really looks like. I will open to you the good treasure, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. To bless all the work of your hand. Bless all of it. You know, we should, we should expect that the work that we do at our jobs adds value to that job. I, I mentioned the story of Joseph before. Joseph's favor showed up because everywhere he went, whether it was in the prison or whether it was in Potiphar's house, which was a lieutenant with uh, Pharaoh, everywhere he went, he added value to the company, so to speak. The company was better off because he was there. When we're in a, a company, they should feel our presence. They should feel it. They should feel like we are better off because of you. And that, that, that is how people get promoted. We know, we know that. And when that comes on you, you know, I don't need to go sell myself. I don't need to go compromise my values or my morals to get ahead. No, 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 no. God's hand is on me. And because I add value to this company, he will promote me when necessary and as necessary. But if we just go in and we clunk the computer 
and we just act like everybody else and we clock in and clock out with a poor attitude and we come in sluggish and we don't come in alert we don't come in looking like we were prepared for work and we don't put our hand to these things well then you won't see a difference but god says no 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 i will bless all the work of your hand so that when you work for your business they see all oh, this person adds value to us you shall lend to many nations you shall not borrow the lord will make you the head and not the tail you shall be above only and not beneath above only see you'd think that i wrote this but god wrote it above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the lord your god which i command you today and are careful to observe them that's so important that's why discipleship is key because if you think you can behave any old way and get the blessings of god in your life you are deceived james says faith without works is dead as a doornail now he didn't say doornail but you know it's dead you ain't getting it and deuteronomy doesn't promise that you'll get it but yet this is real because you as you sit in the seat seat you are Abraham's seed if you're in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, every single one of these blessings belong to you. They are already yours. It's as if they're in your bank account. All you have to go do is cash the check. Withdraw it. Say, that one's mine. Yep, that one's mine. That one's mine. And you say, well, how do I do that? Prayer. Go to him and you say, Lord, you said... And then I'll, I'll warn you because you may go to him and say, Lord, you said that you bless the work of my hand. And he also said, yeah, and I also told you to pray for those who rule over you. What is he doing? He's giving you a key of to carefully observe all that I commanded you. And so what is he saying? Start praying for those who rule over you, your bosses, your managers, your supervisors. He's not being hard nosed. He's giving you the key to that blessing. There's been many times where I've gone and I've drawn on one of these kind of blessings and I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me something to do that I wasn't doing. And I could be cocky and be like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. Okay, fine. You won't get that blessing. And every time you go to ask for it, guess what's going to pop back up? Pray for those who rule over you or something thereof, right? Why? Because he's trying to get these things to you. I will open up the treasures, my treasures in heaven this is so powerful this is what abundance looks like you say well that's old testament all right well let's go to the new testament let's go to the ministry of jesus and the ministry of jesus it didn't even he didn't even flinch when there was a crowd of about five thousand people in front of him and they had all come to hear him teach they were tired they were far away from town and jesus said told his disciples give them something to eat Give, give them something to eat. The disciples said, Lord, all we have is five loaves of fish or five loaves and two fish. Like, we don't have enough. We're poor. That's what they told him. We're poor. I don't have enough. I don't have enough money, Lord. I don't have enough food. And just, Jesus said, all right, have them sit down. Have everybody sit down. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. In fact, in Matthew chapter 14, you've seen it before. When it was evening, his disciples came to him. I'm in uh, Matthew 14, 15. His disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy some themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have, we, we have here only five loaves and two fish. 
Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. The loaves gave to the multitudes. Notice that. Jesus gave something to his disciples. His disciples turned around and gave it to the people. What has Jesus given you? All you need to do is just turn around and by faith start passing it out. So that they all ate and were filled, and they took up, listen, 12 baskets full of fragments that... What is that? Remained. What is that? Abundance. Twelve baskets full. Five loaves, two fish filled 5,000 people, and there was enough baskets for every disciple to have one so that they could hold it in their hands and, and, and look and see this is what it looks like for supernatural provision. This is what abundance looks like. There was a basket for each of them so that they could tangibly hold on to it and see Yep, there is serious food left over. There is enough. There will always be enough. There will never be lack. We need that. We need to be preached this again. We need this to settle down in us because you know what? Sometimes we're like the disciples and say, Lord, all I got is five loaves to fish. How are you going to ask me to feed these people? How are you going to ask me to help my family out? my crazy aunt who needs help, right? How are you going to ask me to, to, to send $200 to so-and-so? How are you going to ask me to go to, to, to get soap for them kids? I don't even have soap in my own shower, right? Like, Lord, how are you going to... And, and Jesus is like, sit them down. Give me what you do have. Let me work it. And I'll give it back to you. And when I give it back to you, is something totally different. And I'll work that thing. I'll work. I mean, I, I, I told you when we first started this series, the, the title of the message was, It's Time for Abundance. And I told you, this is a word that I feel like is not just a nice message. It's a word from God to us that says, no, 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 listen, it's time for this. Like, this is what it's time for. Deuteronomy 28 type blessings. Matthew chapter 14 type miracles where when I didn't have enough, Jesus blessed it. And it became enough. I've heard so many stories. I've been in situations. I've been in spaghetti dinners where it's like, we don't have enough spaghetti. We don't have enough spaghetti to feed all of these people. Because you do outreaches and sometimes more people show up than you expected. And what do you got to do? You got to lean into Matthew chapter 14 and be like, well, if Jesus did it once, he'll do it again. And he does not want one person to walk away hungry because he cares about even their natural bellies while he feels their spiritual bellies. We need enough. We need an abundance for every good work. But more than anything, we need the faith for abundance. We need the faith for abundance. Because if you don't have faith for abundance, you'll never believe for it. You will let the spaghetti run right out, and you'll send people away hungry, and you'll be like, sorry, we ran out. You'll never even think to, we better pray over the spaghetti that it multiplies. If Jesus has to bless and pray over his food, do you think we ought to? You know what I'm saying? Like if even he didn't say, well, if God wants it to multiply, he'll multiply. He didn't do that. He blessed the bread. He blessed the fish. He thanked God for it, and he started to pass it out. If he has to go through that, then so do we. We don't get to just lay back in the lazy boy and be like, well, if God wants it to be enough, then he'll make a way. No. You bless it. Then you break it up and start to multiply. In Matthew chapter seven, I'll, 17, I'll close with this. He will get you what you need regardless of where it comes from. 
They weren't unlike us. They owed taxes just like us. And Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 17, verse 27, Nevertheless, lest we offend them, the officials of their time, go to the sea, cast a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for you and me. He's talking about taxes. They needed to pay taxes. They owed taxes. He said, go to the lake, basically. Throw a hook. He didn't say put bait on it. He said throw a hook in the water. And the first fish that comes out is going to have a coin in its mouth. Take the coin and pay for the taxes for both me and you. Jesus even had to depend on divine supply to pay for what he needed paid for. He went to the stinking lake and threw a hook and a fish came out. Honestly, that's kind of Jonah. You, have you ever read the story of Jonah? Or Jonah and the whale, and the whale, the big fish, a great fish swallowed him. Have you ever read that and thought, that's, that's hyperbole. Like, that's a metaphor. I don't think that's, that really happened. And there's some people who teach that. They're wrong, but they teach it. This was not a metaphor. That was real. They really did owe taxes, and they really got the supply for the taxes from the fish's hook. Here's what you and I would have done. We would have put it on a credit card. No, if we're being honest, we, or, or we would have just put on payment plan. We wouldn't have even crossed our mind that maybe God has a hidden supply somewhere that he would go have us look for it and go get it so that we could pay for something. You know what my mind would have gone? First place my mind would have gone is I should have planned better. I should have saved up over the year to have enough for the taxes. I know some of y'all uh, small business owners, you know, I think like, Jeff and others, y'all all have to think about taxes because you're dealing with money. And if you, if you own your own business, like you're always having to figure out this stuff. Some of us, if you have to figure out how much taxes are being taken out of the check so that when it comes tax time, you don't owe money, right? But sometimes you mess it up. I remember there were two years where I messed it up royally, right? Where you're like, I was in a new tax system. I was like, I messed it up so bad. I owe the IRS a lot, uh, several thousand dollars which for us at the time was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Well, I had to go to scriptures like this and be like, Lord, maybe I should have had the money, but I don't. So where's the fish? <laughs> like, where is this at in our life? And sure enough, God supplied. We didn't have to go into debt. We didn't have to get a credit card to go pay for it. We didn't have to put it on a payment plan. We paid for it by divine supply. God's open up our mentality to like kind of break out of this world system that says, oh, no, 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 there's not enough, and you should have done this, and you should have done that, and say, no, 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 there is an abundance for every good work in Jesus' name. Abundance means abundance, Deuteronomy 28 type abundance. I want you to stand to your feet today, and I'm going to pray Deuteronomy chapter 28 over you. Are you as stirred up as I am, or is this just, it's not? I have written in my own Bible to reject everything contrary to Deuteronomy 28 as lies. Did you hear that? I said, I have written literally in the, in the margin of my Bible, reject everything contrary as lies. Everything contrary to Deuteronomy 28. Why? Because these belong to me. Anything outside of this, that's not mine. That doesn't belong. That, that's, 
that that lack that's not mine oh no no no, that's somebody else's because i belong to god and god said this is my inheritance he said this is my blessing if i diligently obey him and observe everything that he's told me so let me pray this over you if you're comfortable would you just put your hands in front of you and as if a representation of receiving god's blessing this isn't ties this is god's blessing over those who's made jesus lord of their life now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the lord your god to observe carefully all his commandments which i command you today that the lord your god your god yes jean's god and alona's god and cheryl's god and scott's god and amy's god yeah the lord your god will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the lord your god blessed shall you be in the city blessed shall you be in the country blessed shall be the fruit of your body the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock in other words everything that is within the sphere of your belongings shall be blessed blessed shall be the basket and your kneading bowl even your groceries and what you put together to eat shall be blessed blessed shall be blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out when you walk out these doors today you are blessed the lord your god will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face Oh, yes, every coworker that's lied on you, cheated on you, every family member that's tried to coalesce other family members against you, they shall be, so to speak, defeated. In other words, God won't allow them to win against you or for their lies or deceit to stand. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will continually or will com command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in, there, in any place that you store things shall be blessed and all to which you set your hand to and he will bless you in the land which the lord your god is giving you the lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the lord your god and walk in his ways then all peoples of the earth shall see that you choma you joyce you jay are called by the name of the Lord and shall be afraid of you and the Lord will grant plenty of goods in the fruit of your body in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground in the land of which the Lord your God swore to your fathers to give you the Lord will open to you his good treasure the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand you everyone in this room you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow and the lord will make you the head and not the tail you shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the command of the lord your god which i command you today and are careful to observe them father i thank you for your word these words are life and they're spiritual i pray that these words would break off all poverty mentality all lack mentality anything that has caused us to shrink back from believing what it is that your word says i pray that as we reread this deuteronomy 28 again as we go home and throughout the week that you would personalize these things that we would know what does it mean for me to have livestock i don't have cows or goats but what does that look like in my life today father i pray that you would 
modernize it for us. What does it look like in our life in 2021? What does it look like to have abundance and blessing on our life? I thank you for miracles to break out, supernatural blessing and favor. I pray in jobs that this scripture and this teaching will lead to promotions and favor so that we would have an abundance for every good work, for every good work, for every good work. My mom, you, some of you would know this, but she oversees many, many, many employees in a time that's very tumultuous, vaccine mandates and all kinds of stuff. Chaos is every, I was at the airport yesterday because all these mandates, it's chaotic, it's crazy. And they're not telling you that that's what it's really about, but that is what's happening. So she's overseeing all these employees and I think her employees are the most blessed people in her company, why? because they have a leader who's got Holy Spirit wisdom right now, helping them navigate these waters. Why? Because God found a Joseph and has promoted her for the last several years so that she could be in the place that she's at today so that a whole swath of people would know what it looks like to be covered, to be helped, to not have a boss who's after their own and after their own neck and just taking care of themselves, but has a boss who's looking after them. That's what this looks like. So Father, help us to be those kind of employers, employees, business people, community members, in Jesus' name. If you agree, would you shout amen? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen.